0: Hey everyone, welcome to Vision Sunday. I'm so glad you're in church today. It's gonna be exciting. Wanna give a big shout out to Silverwater and Penrith and Roselle. Welcome campuses. And we're gonna see so many new campuses as time passes in the future. Also want to give a big shout out to our extension services, Bankstown, Avalon, Manly, and Warunga. You guys are booming. We're surging in all these places and we're going to have many, many more as time passes and as we look to the future together. Let's go to the Word of God today. We're talking about Momentum. This word is so fantastic. I'm excited about this. In fact, I've changed this message so many times as I've been preparing it because I'm finding so many more new angles on this. As we move into the future, it's so important to understand that God is always a God who moves. He's he's never stationary. In fact, two thirds of God's name is Go, G-O. And He has said all the time, you guys, you need to be, mobile and moving and it's too easy for us to get stuck. This year we are planning at least four new extension services and including campuses and the beginning of new moves of God around the city in Chatswood, in Mossman, in Parramatta, and Marylands, and a whole bunch of new care services that we are planning and all of these will need great people just like you to be engaged and so to accomplish that journey to keep us all moving forward, We've, as you've come across this on your seats, we've got the next step so that we go from I'm new to I'm connected to I'm a builder. And that is where every one of us will be engaging our gifts. We engage the calling and the the abilities that God has put on the inside of us. The happiest people on earth are believers who are doing their gift people who are fulfilling the will of God in their lives. And so my understanding is that the only way we grow the church is to grow the people. And when we grow people, we grow the kingdom of God. That isn't just about becoming mature, it's about becoming fruitful. And I know this from my extensive gardening experience. You can see green thumbs everywhere. I am like a very amateur garden. But there are just one or two things I've gotten to understand. Gardens need water. And, and so if I water a plant, it flourishes, it grows. If I don't water it, exactly the opposite, it dies. Neglect brings death, but attention brings life. And so as we give attention to the growth of the church and to the growth of our people we are going to find ourselves expanding all through the city and reaching so many people for Christ. I want to take you to the Scripture in Philippians 3 and verse 12, where Paul says, Not that I had already attained or am already perfected, but I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended, but one thing I do, forgetting those things that are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call in Christ Jesus. So I wanted to be able to, in this message, bring about a sense of momentum and progression in every single one of our lives so that we do not feel like we're going backwards. We do not feel like we're stuck, but we feel like we're actually moving forwards and becoming bigger people, greater people, more productive people, that whatever we have done in the past and whatever we are doing now actually becomes better. It becomes more increased. Every every one of us desperately have this this feeling of I want to keep, I want some momentum. I want to get somewhere. When you're at the lights and somebody in front of you hasn't moved when the light's gone green, I mean, come on. And it's only a few seconds, but all of us get that, that feeling. You got to control it, obviously. You're a Christian and you got to keep patient. And But there's a feeling like I want to keep moving. I want to actually know that I am, I've got traction that I'm taking ground as I move forward. And so the, the, the great thing that we can look into this passage is to discover what those keys to having momentum in our life is. Momentum is such a sacred thing. Because when you've got it, everything seems to go just easily and, and wonderfully. And, but when you haven't got it, the things that should be easy become hard. And difficult and very discouraging. So momentum is a sacred thing. And when you've got it in any area of your life, don't let it be stolen. Don't let it go. Just keep fanning that flame. It always takes a little bit of effort to keep momentum going, but not nearly as much effort as it takes to get momentum started in your life. So the first key to actually getting moving in your world is to make a decision. I'm going to do this, not just to have the notion of what I'm doing, going to do in my mind, and that's that's a trap. When we think we get the notion, oh man, I'm I'm going to get fit, and we we get we go and buy the gear, and we 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 buy the shoes, and we sign up on the gym membership, but to actually go and do the thing, not to buy the clothes and have the membership and all that. I mean, that's that's part of it, but then you got to actually do the painful part, and. And, and you'll find that when you got momentum, it doesn't matter about the clothes or about the gym membership or whatever. Your commitment is gonna keep you rolling and you'll have traction in that particular area of your life. So getting your decision, set your will today and say, I'm gonna move forward. I'm gonna actually keep myself in motion. Paul says this, not that I had already attained or I am already perfected, but I am. Press on. How about you say that? I press on. Come on, say it again. I press on. That I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid a hold of me. Do you know that airplanes, when they're taken off, they use five times the amount of fuel just to get up off off the ground than they do when they're actually traveling in the air? When a satellite is launched, it consumes 95% of its fuel. At takeoff, 95% of the fuel gets it out of the gravitational pull, and then suddenly, when they're in that clear air in outer space, it takes very little to keep them moving forward. And so, when you have, have gotten stuck or anything like that to actually get moving, it can be difficult. When uh, when when I was a kid, I surfed. We we'd go surfing in New Zealand. Cold, so freezing, and. Uh, We'd go out to this beach called Castle Point. And to get to the break, you had to leave the road and drive across sand, quite a long stretch of sand, to get to this little cove area called the Gap. And, and it was a small gap and the swells would build up to come through there and that produced a really nice wave. So to get across there in your car, it was always a risk because you'd look at, you'd look at it and you'd think, are we, gonna, are we gonna get through? And sometimes we'd send somebody out just to feel whether the sand was soft or whether it was hard. But there are other times we just didn't care. with it. yeah, it looks hard. Yeah, and you're going across. And, but then there were days when it was really, really soft and the tide just went straight down into the, into the sand and the car's sitting on the, on the sand and the wheels just were spinning. Nothing's happening. Got no traction, no momentum, Spinning wheels, going nowhere. And so everybody would get out of the car, even the driver, and he'd be pushing and holding, holding the wheel and, and, and somehow put a block on the accelerator. But we'd all be there, and the only way we could get that car out of that rut was you go forward a couple inches, roll it back, forward a couple of inches, roll it back. You had to put boards under the wheels, had to do all kinds of things just to try and get it so that it would get some traction. And there's sand pouring up everywhere. The effort to get a few inches of momentum was absolutely, completely out of proportion. And and then finally, you'd feel it, just that little bit of, oh, that's a great feeling when you feel it rising, coming up out of the dirt, you're covered with sand all coming up out of the wheels and then just starts going gradually. Then it finds the hard sand again and boom, you're off. What a, it was an awesome feeling there. But I always remember how, how much we were straining and pushing to get it up out of the sand. If you've, if you've been stuck, it may take a little more than what you expected to get moving, to actually start praying, to start being in, in church regularly, to be to giving yourself to the ministry. But once you've got momentum in any area, it, it takes such a little effort to keep it moving And as we we come into whatever area of our life it is, every area relies on a certain level of progression and momentum right from day one in the church. The house was filled with the sound of a rushing, mighty wind. God didn't come with something that was a stabilizer or something that settled everybody down. He came with something that would get you moving. And, and the church has been notorious for getting stuck. We have found ourselves with music out of the dark ages, clothing out of the dark ages, and from years ago and, 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 and buildings that, and practices and sometimes even languages that are not in today's vernacular. So for whatever reason, we have, we have thought that if it was of God and it was holy, then it's gotta be like that forever. But when Moses gave the law, who would have thought that there's going to come a day when God does away with it? It was written with the finger of God. But Jesus came and said, listen, it's fulfilled in me. Now we're going into an entirely different phase. And it took them a lot of mental gymnastics to actually accept that. And Peter, even Peter had been close to Christ for so long, he found it almost impossible to believe that anybody but Jewish people could go to heaven. So when God opened the door to everybody else, He had to bring a sheet of animals down three times that were all unclean animals to convince this man who'd been with Christ, who'd seen Him accept everybody and and reach out to, doesn't matter who, Roman centurions or uh, tax collectors, the worst of the worst. And, And yet Peter still didn't get it until God said, hey, I've got to move you on and you're thinking here, yeah, we, we need to reach the entire world. And there are people today that even the church has walls against. And, and you know, like God is saying, we've got to reach these people. And, and we've got to have change and growth and progression going on in our lives. The Holy Spirit, He's always symbolizes something that's on the move, wind, fire, w- rivers, water, oil things that flow, things that move. And that's when you've got the Holy Spirit in you, there's got to be a sense of momentum. It happens every time we're filled with the Holy Spirit. If you're doing nothing today, nothing's going to happen. If you do something, something will happen. And as soon as we start taking steps, God will guide us. You won't find me sitting in my garage turning the steering wheel of my car. I do that when the car is moving and God guides us when we start making decisions, when we start moving and He will bring those adjustments to us as we step out, make that decision today. The second key that Paul gives us in that Philippian chapter passage is to to keeping momentum in our life is to understand I've got a destiny. There's, There's an assignment that God has given me while I'm here on earth. I'm not just here to goof off and, and have fun and do, do a job and, and hang out with my fam and friends. And that there's, there's something great that God has called every single one of us to do. A destiny is in our heart. There's a fulfillment. So he says that I may lay hold of, I'm pressing on, I'm moving forward, that I may lay hold of That for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of me. I mean, we might think we're laying hold of God, but He's laid hold of us. There's something He said, "I got a job for you. I got something I want you to do, and you're going to be thrilled. It's going to be such an adventure." When you understand the things I've called you to do, this is what I've I've laid hold of you for. And every one of us have a destiny in God. Churchill. He changed the world in his lifetime when he was made the war minister at retiring age. He said to his wife when he was retiring, he said when he was retiring, I was born for this hour. That's that's not when he's starting his job. This is when he's finished his career. This is the hour I was born for. Never think you're too old to fulfill the moment that God has got for you. Abraham was 100 before he got that son Isaac. His wife was 90. Michelangelo was painting the Sistine Chapel ceiling in his 90s. I mean, so many amazing things have been accomplished by people as they've reached the golden years of their life. Smith Wigglesworth was 65 when he got going as one of the greatest healing evangelists in, in the church's history. So Paul is saying, I'm going to take a hold of whatever it is that Jesus laid a hold of me for, and I'm going to actually become really good at it. Mahatma Gandhi, he changed the world in his lifetime by what he called soul force, broke the chains of colonial power. Bach and Beethoven changed the world in their lifetime. They uh, expanded our consciousness in the area of music. I mean, Bach made most of his music for the church, actually, and he influenced a whole lineage of Musicians, Mozart, Haydn, and Beethoven, Alexander, the, Alexander Bell had invented the telephone before he was 30. Not only can we achieve our destiny in our later years, but also in our early years. So many people have fulfilled great things before the age of 30. Jesus Himself was crucified at age 33. Every one of us have a calling, have a time to do it in, and a moment, and a gifting, and a personality a context in life that God has destined us to fulfill. Edison, he changed the world in his lifetime. He experimented with 3,000 light bulbs before he got the one that worked. Roger Bannister changed the world in his lifetime when he ran the first four-minute mile. Dr. Martin Luther King, he changed the world in his lifetime when he uttered the speech, I have a dream that my four little children will not be judged by the color of their skins, but by the content of their character. These are people who had a destiny on their lives and no less do you you have a destiny on your life. You have something that God has called you to do. And even though it may seem a little less glorious than some of these people that I've mentioned, nevertheless, the most wonderful thing that any of us can do is to do what God has asked us to do. And that ranks us with anybody else in the history of the world who has been obedient to Christ. You need to understand that Significance is not about being on the front page or getting trophies. It's about before the Lord in heaven, before God in heaven, He sees us. He understands us in our secret places and in the areas that people haven't seen. Remember Gorbachev, who broke the power of communism over over the Russian people. I mean, all of these people understood there was a destiny and there's something that God has called us to do. Number three, the third key, to maintaining momentum in our lives. In verse 13, Paul says, Brethren, I do not count myself to have apprehended. This was one of the words they used in the Olympic Games. And a runner had to run, and the first one to grab the crown off the pole. There was a crown on a pole, and he would grab it. And that was, he would therefore be the winner. But one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forward to those things which are ahead, This is how Paul said, this is what I've got to do. I haven't yet apprehended. I haven't yet grasped the crown. But one thing I do, I forget those things that are behind so I can reach forward to the things that are ahead. If, If my mind is preoccupied with what is in the past, I'm not going to be able to grasp what is in the future. If I'm gripping what's in the past, I can't grip what's in the future. If I'm not letting go of offenses, arrows that are in my back, I'm not going to be able to move forward. They will hold me back. It's like they give the devil a handle to hold me. So I'm stuck and I can't can't move forward. There has got to come a moment where I release and say, I'm done with those things. If it was a failure, a bankruptcy, if there was a, a marriage breakup, if there was a relationship breakdown, if there was a deep wounding in a damaging situation, there has to be a day when I decide I'm forgetting those things that are behind. I got no momentum in my life. I got no traction. I'm letting it go. I'm gonna move forward. And sometimes it means stepping away from associations or situations that are holding us back and drowning us. If I was to ask you today, what would that be in your world? Most of us, probably can identify something that we've, that's holding on to us or we're holding on to it. And it's just impeding our progress. It's holding us back. That's why the writer of the book of Hebrews, he says, lay aside every weight, everything that holds you back. Let's run this race and run it lean, run it without all these discouragements and all these things that are on our lives. I mean, think of the things. These days, companies come and go so quickly. I don't know if any of you can remember a, 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 a thing called MySpace. It was in competition with Facebook, but hardly anybody's heard of MySpace or Netscape or Encada. Remember the online encyclopedia and then Wikipedia came along and blew it all out of the water. There are so many new things coming on our, on our horizon all the time now. For us to be immobile people, we'll be just overtaken. So remaining nimble in life, nimble on the mountains. That's what David said he was. He's like one of the goats, nimble on the mountains. Whenever any obstruction or difficult big thing would come, he says, I can climb over, it. I'm quick. I don't get stuck there. I don't let it drag me down. And so the fourth key is reward. To keep traction and momentum. You need to know the Bible is very unsqueamish about talking about a reward for your, for your activities. Philippians 3.14 says, I press towards the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. So he's saying I'm going forward and I'm going upward, onward and upward, not backwards and downwards. He says that's exactly the opposite. I am moving forward. And so you will find that God brings reward into your world and you will find that they are days of breakthrough. I would call it there, it's like upgrading. He He will actually take you from one thing to another level. Read this in Isaiah 60, verse 17. It says, instead of bronze, I will bring gold. Instead of iron, silver. Instead of wood, bronze. Instead of stones, iron. So it's like He says, I wanna move you onward and upward." We're going to move from bronze to gold. We're going to move from iron to silver. And so there is a sense of improvement and progress, not just staying at the same level. In fact, uh, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 13, verse 11, he says, When I was a child, I was like a child. I spoke like a child. I understood, I thought like a child. But when I became a man, I had to put away. I had to forget those things behind. I had to actually embrace adulthood and let some of the childish things go. You've you got to admit, it's, it's not a great sight when somebody who is an adult is behaving in a childlike manner. There's growth and it demands changes. And as we move into the future, I know that every one of us in our congregations right across the city can rise up and start to lay hold of some of the responsibility to expand our Connect Groups, to expand our extension services, our care services, and our campuses. Because as we do that, as we say, yeah, my hand's up, Pastor. Count me in. I, w- I want to be part of it. The gifts and the calling that are within our lives start to actually surface. They come out, and we think, "We think, wow, I didn't know I could do these things. And uh, we are going to be transformed. But of that, there is no doubt. The fifth, I've got two more, fifth key to momentum is our thinking. In Philippians 3.15, same passage, therefore let us as many as are mature have this mind. And if anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. So sometimes we have these expectations of the future and I hear it regularly in in my world that the church is declining, uh, Christianity's on the out, secular mindsets dominating our legislation and our our whole world around us, and you hear it every night on the news, you're not gonna hear much about Jesus. In fact, you'd be lucky to hear anything about about Jesus. And I I was watching a movie the other night where they were forbidding uh, people to pray and they were forbidding people to say Merry Christmas. Uh, So they were saying Happy Holidays. And then (laughs) the person who was doing it he swore, he said, Jesus Christ. And I thought, so it's okay to get his name out, but when you want to use that name in blasphemy, apparently it's, it's okay. But the fact is, Jesus still is going to dominate our world and our thinking and our universe as you and I, the church, seek to implement his will in the earth. And one of the, the way, places where that starts is in our thinking. So instead of expecting the church to decline or looking around at circumstances and thinking that's the way the world's going. Listen to me, we can change our lives by changing our thinking. In Isaiah 55, verse 13, it says, instead of the thorn shall come up the cypress tree and instead of the briar shall come up to the myrtle tree. So that means that instead of what I'm expecting, thorns should have come out of that situation. A beautiful, sweet smelling tree comes up that's got fruitfulness and is, is able to be useful in a thousand and one situations. Let's change our thinking so that we get great traction moving forward. I think uh, a number of years ago, I had a, had a motorbike that had, had like smooth wheels. And I tried to ride it in a situation where you actually need different wheels, knobbly wheels. And, uh, and so we ended up, getting slightly knobbly wheels on this so I could ride both on the road and off so I didn't have to keep changing wheels. But I found immediately I got into slippery, rough terrain. Those knobbly wheels got me all the way through. I just keep going. I wouldn't start spinning the wheels, even uh, in water and any kind of terrain, they seem to work. Get some knobbly wheels in your head so that you're not just spinning, worrying about, oh, this is gonna happen there. Get some traction with, thinking it's gonna work out, it's gonna be great. As soon as you do that, you open your mind to a 1,001 creative possibilities and solutions to whatever it is you're facing that's trying to stop you from your momentum. All right, the last one is hold your ground. You, you, you can't go forward from a backward position. The ground you're on today is the platform for your tomorrow and the future you is depending on that. So Philippians 3:16, the same passage, Paul says, nevertheless, to the degree that we have already attained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And that's why whatever you've got in your world today, fan it into flame. Don't lose what you've got. You've got certain disciplines in your life. Don't lose those. You've got certain routines in your life with church and with your finances. And if, if they're good ones, hold on to them. And, and don't, let it, don't let your discipline get relaxed and let it go. As soon as we do that, we're gonna find all the great achieving, achievements that we were getting are gonna to start to fade on us. Paul says to Timothy, 2 Timothy 1.6, this is why I remind you. So he said, I constantly remind you. And that's, I guess, what I'm doing today reminding you, fan into flames, the spiritual gift God gave you. And you've got a gift in you. How do you fan it into flames? You start doing it. When you do your gift, it comes alive. When you pray about it, it comes alive. When you worship God for it, it comes alive. When we neglect it, it stays dormant. I read material about leadership, about preaching, about church growth, about the church as a whole. These are the areas that I'm called in. You have areas you're called in. Read about them. Put your mind on them. And you will stir up the gift. You'll fan into flame that gift that you've got in you. Pour petrol on the flames of God on the inside of your life today. I know that as we get ourselves on a pathway of progression, this next step, talking about moving forward in church life, that you will find yourself engaging whatever it is God has called you to do. This is gonna be such a fantastic year, saints. I'm so excited about doing life together. Let me pray for you now, just as we come to a close, as we put our lives before God and say, Lord, help me be used of God. Help me be useful to the kingdom. Let me pray for you right now. Heavenly Father, thank you for every believer in our congregations. Thank you for all our guests and friends today. And Lord, I pray that you'll help every one of us find our way into a brilliant future. Lord Jesus, as a church, and as we begin to plant congregations all around the city, new locations to expand the kingdom of God, there'll be days when it is opposed, there'll be days when it's easy. But Lord, I know that you'll equip every one of us to build your kingdom in this hour, in Jesus' mighty name. Love you guys. God bless you. Can't wait to see you again soon.
1: Amen. Who's in? I'm in. I am so in. I love this vision. I'm just giving everything I've got to it. I'm believing for momentum and an upgrade corporately for Silverwater this year, individually for the families and the marriages and the people of Silverwater that will fill that momentum, that, that forward movement this year that will get to the end of 2016 and it will be tangible, real progress in our lives, amen. And I know for Silverwater, it is inevitable. I can just feel it. I just, I just know it's coming. I'm so pumped. We are so privileged to be a part of this citywide vision, aren't we? amazing. Thank you, Lord, that we get to do what we do. It's awesome. Hey, you know, before we go any further here today, you know, vision and momentum is one thing, and we're talking broad strokes here as we hear that citywide vision here tonight, but the very beginning of momentum and progress in life, it starts with the foundation of being in Christ, one with Christ, and knowing Jesus one-to-one in a relationship that's real and tangible and legit. And right across this room tonight, I wanna ask you as you sit in your seats, are you in Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and your Saviour? Do you know Him for yourself? Do you know Him for yourself? Because there's only one way you can actually know Him, and that is for yourself. What difference does it make if the person that you're sitting alongside tonight is in relationship with Him? Well, that's great for them, but what about you? I just wanna ask you tonight, do you know Jesus Christ? as your Lord and Saviour? I want you to ask in your own heart tonight and consider that question. And if you don't, I wanna create an opportunity here tonight where you could receive him into your heart as your Lord, as your Saviour in this place tonight. And I just wanna ask, is there a separation of some kind? Because you know, some of us might've even grown up in church and we've known of Jesus and we, we know all about him, but it's very different to know all about him and, and to know him in a personal relationship. Maybe there's a separation of some kind. Maybe you've drifted. Life happens and we find ourselves sometimes way apart from Christ. And we wanna we wanna reconnect. We wanna be in him and, and stuff has come up and it's caused a separation. Well, the beauty of who Jesus is, is that in a heartbeat, he would readily receive you back. In a moment, he would receive you back. He's not a judgmental saviour. He is a loving, kind, generous saviour that wants to intervene in your world. He wants to know you personally. He wants to take you from strength to strength. So I want you to consider in your heart tonight, do you know Jesus? And is it close? Is it legit? Is it right there? You know, can you hear his voice? Do you know his voice? Because that's what it is to be in relationship with Jesus Christ. You'll know the voice of the shepherd. He walks with you, he's got your back. You're never alone. So I want you to consider in your heart tonight because I'll pray with you a simple prayer which in a heartbeat reconnects you to Jesus Christ. If you've never prayed this prayer before or if you've drifted and you feel a separation and you wanna recover, separation, you want to close the gap tonight, then I want to pray with you. So why don't you just close your eyes right across this room. If you've never prayed a prayer that asked Jesus into your heart and life, or if there's a separation, you feel adrift and you want to recover that relationship here tonight, or if your heart is racing and your mind is scrambled, but there's just something in you that knows you need to respond here tonight, I want to pray with you. I see you so what I want you to do right where you sit in in your seat here tonight is considering your heart. And those of you that would like me to pray with you tonight, I just want you to lift your hand up in your seat right where you are. If you would like me to pray a prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if, the, if you're adrift and you want to reconnect to Him tonight, you feel like there's a, a gap and you want to close that gap and you want me to pray tonight. I want you to lift your hand right where you're seated and I'll see your hand and I'm gonna pray with you and in a moment, you're gonna find yourself in relationship with Jesus Christ, laying a foundation, uh, an amazing foundation to stand on for this life. All he wants is to be in relationship with you. He sees you. So I want you to lift your hand and say, yeah, Nat, that's me. I want you to pray with me tonight to receive Jesus as my Lord and Savior, to get reconnected to him because I've I've gotten adrift why don't you just lift your hand right where you are and I'll see you and I'm going to pray with you in this place tonight. Thank you, Lord. Who is there in this place tonight? Just lift your hand and I'll see you and pray with you. I need Jesus as my Lord and Saviour. I want to pray that prayer. I wanna connect with him for the first time, or maybe it's the thousandth time, but better to return to him than not to return at all. So just lift your hand up and I'll see your hand and I'll pray with you here tonight. Friends, why don't you just stand in the presence of God here tonight and lift your hands and let's just commit ourselves again this 2016 let's let's engage and, and agree in our heart I'm gonna be part of that momentum. I'm gonna be a part of that vision. I will not allow the gifts that are inside of me to lay dormant this 2016. No, I'm gonna engage with Jesus Christ and his cause in the earth with C3 Silverwater and what God is doing here. I'm gonna step forward. I'm gonna engage with this momentum this year. I will not be found sleeping in these days. I'm all in, I'm hands raised this 2016, amen. Lord, we just lean into you. We lift our hands and our hearts to you. Jesus, this new year we commit afresh. We commit our lives afresh. We commit our giftings afresh, our energy afresh. Lord, I thank you that we would see momentum in every family, every marriage, every person in this room. I thank you, Lord, where people have been stuck, they've found themselves locked up. I thank you, Lord, that you intervene into those places and you release a new thing, a new oil, a new day, Lord, that they would see with a fresh perspective. I thank you, Lord, that we are a body of forward-moving people, not leaning back or shrinking back, but fully engaged in what you're doing in this day and in this hour and the We lean into you again for a great year. We have great expectation for this 2016. Great expectation for this 2016. In Jesus' mighty name. Come on, let's lift up voices in this place tonight. Let's magnify Jesus. You are love.
2: You bring light to the story